Welcome to That's Why Podcast with Patricia and Anna, the show where we arouse your curiosity while we dull your senses. Welcome to That's Why Show. My name is Patricia and I am here with Anna. Hi, Anna. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Punching in. Here we are. I know. Today we're doing it remote. We are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a beautiful day here in Utah. It's beautiful fall colors already, right? So it's a a beautiful day. I wish that we were together. I know. I agree. And I was supposed to do what's called mango sushi for Anna. I'm taking a rain check on that, but that's okay. That's coming. I made this Lao dish. It's called Jiao Maklin and it's roasted tomatoes. So it's like a salsa. Ooh. But then it's like a chutney. So it's like a in between. Yummy. So next time I'll make some for you. Yes, absolutely. And by <laughs> the way, um, do you have you been to Tuk Tuk? Yes. Okay. Last week. I, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. I was there last night. Oh, nice. And it was delicious. But my phone died, so I couldn't reach out. Oh, that's all right. What did it's you good. get? Um, I got the soup that has like the thick rice noodles, but I got the vegetarian one. Mm, so yum. I didn't have the pork rinds on top. I'm sure that would have made it taste much different. So it was the noodles, like the thick, chewy noodles? Yes, the thick, chewy noodles. And the sauce mm-hmm. is kind of, um, it's thicker sauce, almost like if they might put cornstarch in it to just thicken it up, you know, because it's actually a very, a very clear Broth. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's called um Kaupiaksin. That's right. Because I remember the girl that took us there, she, they were talking amongst each other. And I was like, I know this is how people feel like when I speak Spanish. And they're like, I don't understand <laughs> what the hell you're saying. So, but I was like, I hope they're getting my order right. But it was phenomenal. The service oh. was great. So it's Yay. a great place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, they have really good food. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm hungry. Okay. I want some now. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Patricia. You. We're supposed ah, to eat at your house. Now I owe you double. Just owe you double. Um, But so today's topic, Anna, is about death. Yeah. But you know what? Uh It's something that touches all of us. If there's something that none of us can escape is not only our own mortality, right? Thinking about death for ourselves, but Mm -hmm. the people that we love. So it's an important topic. It is inevitable for sure. If you don't mind, you know, I know that you've had a lot of death happen in your life these past few months would you want to touch on that a little bit and share your experience oh absolutely so uh first off i do want to do a shout out to my sister-in-law uh mm-hmm. sunny and of course her family and sunny's mom passed away uh suddenly about a month ago and that was a surprise and even though she you know she was already an older person I think she was going to be 80. That's right. She was still very vibrant. So it was sad. It was hard. And uh, so shout out to Sunny, her her mom. I feel like she was a very inspirational person. And her funeral reflected her life. For sure. Oh, really? It was amazing. And everybody got up. And you know what's funny? Because I do the same thing. I have a like a section in a book for quotes. Mm -hmm. And people read like some of her favorite quotes. And one the one that I love was knowledge is knowing a tomato is not a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put tomato in your salad. And can you believe then, like three weeks after I read Knowledge is knowing a tomato is not a fruit. Wisdom is knowing 
I think you're going to really like this, Anna. <laughs> Wisdom is knowing not to put tomato in your salad. And philosophy is wondering if a Bloody Mary is a tomato shake or something. Shoot, now I'm going to have to find <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yeah, look it up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Look I'm going to look up. it up. It was hilarious. Anyway, so personally, I, I love this woman. I had known her for 20 years or more. And so therefore, it touched me deeply. But what hit home for me was I had two cousins pass away within a month. They were sisters. Oh my gosh. Right. They were sisters. And without knowing all the details, I have to say that despite my second, the second cousin that had passed away not being in the optimal health, you know, and she got pneumonia and, and it's still not completely clear if it was COVID related or not. But the issue is this. They say that you can't die of a broken heart, but those two sisters were estranged from each other and they had a really volatile relationship. And I think she was very grief stricken when she found out the death of her sister. And I think that had something to do with it. Really? I really, really do. Yeah. I think the stress and the impact of something wow. like that, I think affected her physically, but you're so related to your emotions, you know? So death has definitely touched my life in the last little bit and it's been hard. Yes. You I'm know how. Sorry, Patricia. You know, that's why we took August off. Yes. Because we needed to have that month for you just to not do anything, you know? Thank you. Well, audience, I want you to know Anna is so amazing, not just an amazing co-host because she deals with all the background technical. She has to put up with me. Okay, you can, you have to click here. Okay, you have to click here for the 17th time. But she's such an amazing friend. Oh, so I want to thank you. you. I want to put that out there. You're a wonderful friend. Well, thanks, thanks. No matter what you need, I'm here for you. And I know you'll be here for me too. Ditto, baby. I mean, yeah, we've contacted you the past couple of weeks to get advice from you. And you're always willing to listen to us and share your advice. And it helped so much. That's wonderful. That's good <laughs> so to know because you would hate to be like, oh my gosh, did I just ruin everything without, <laughs> you know what I mean? So good. I'm happy that that, that, that did oh. help. But so, um, okay, go ahead, Anna, because you wanted to talk about something really interesting, right? Well, first I want to say, you know, rest in peace to Sonny's mom and your two cousins. So Rosemary and Jackie. Yes, rest Mary in peace. Mary and Jackie. Uh, Jackie and Rosemary. Oh, Rosemary and Jackie. Okay, well, rest in peace. We planned to talk about death before all of this happened. Right? And it's weird that it came up after their funerals. Their passing. I mean? Like, it was so yes. bizarre. It was almost yes. like they helped put attach an emotion to this topic and not that we haven't experienced death before but since it was so recent it was a, a recent wound so yes. it, it definitely resonates differently with me now as exactly. opposed to had it not happened yeah for sure yep you got it so before I begin telling you about what I've researched I okay. want to share that I had the opportunity to become a mortician and it was when Peter was working at eBay and his supervisor, right? His I'm sorry, guys. I wish you could see my face because <laughs> so many times when we do this show, Anna comes up with stuff and I'm like, Anna, I don't think I'll ever get to know you. You have done the most amazing things. No. And I did not know about this about you, but please proceed. I've always wanted to become a mortician because it's fascinating to me. And I like to be the transition for families 
during that moment.、Huh. And I know that death is very hard for people. It is easier for me, you know. Like、mm-hmm. I said, growing up, it's kind of just what we deal with. Right. So I just thought it would be a nice thing for people to see someone that could bridge that gap. Huh. That makes sense. But anyway, I also like hair and makeup and doing hair on <laughs> someone. That's true. You know, I don't want them to look unlike themselves. I would love to make them look like how they wanted to look. Exactly. Yeah. It really makes a huge difference. Have、It、we、did. all been to a funeral where we were like, "Oh my goodness," you、mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And and you know, sadly, as human beings, this is what we remember last. It's the way we saw them. Yep. I think it's a it's an altruistic thing on your own, right? That you're、yes. that you would do to be able to beautify them and help them transition that link. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, I didn't take up that opportunity because that was when I was starting to build up my clientele. Okay. And. I would basically be on call twenty four seven, and at that yeah, because you know you never know when you have to pick up a body from、mm-hmm. the morgue. And at that time, I wasn't really willing to do that. Anyway, I don't know if you've heard of thanatology. It's the study、no. of death and the losses brought about as a result. They did an experiment where they saw the relationship between students' stress measuring. With the terminally ill patients that they had to deal with in the medical field, and then in the late 1950s and 1960s, that's when thanatology emerged as a discipline. We've talked about this before. PTSD, mental illness—it's still a new practice. Oh yes, that's why it kind of emerged in the 1950s. What I think is interesting is there's a sociologist named Jeffrey Gorer, and he wrote a book in 1955 called "The Pornography of Death." Wow! What, how yes! What attractive words! <laughs> you like that? You got me with pornography. <laughs> Now I'm gonna have to read the rest for sure. He argued that the death has become invisible. It's been hidden away from modern society, so there's this fascination of violence and that graphic death that media portrays.、Hmm. Over the last fifty years in Western Europe and America, adults have never really stood at a deathbed or never observed the moment of death. Right. I don't know how they did this, but the Department of Justice said that the average American has seen over forty thousand screen deaths. So what they're doing is they're saying a person has never physically experienced a loved one in front of them physically dying,、mm-hmm. but they see this in the media through movies and TV. All of these people dying, so they almost—I don't want to say glamorize—but it's kind of like that. You know what I mean? Where they make right? They sensational sensationalize it somewhat. And I feel that to a degree we become desensitized to、yes. the sympathy aspect of it because, in essence, it's like an ever-present reality.、Mm-hmm. No matter where you look, whether you're hearing about it on the radio, whether you're visually seeing it, you know, and that's sad. That is really sad. So, when we talk about death. There is this removal of us, and we're just like, oh, we're afraid of death. We're afraid of dying. I mean, let me ask you: Are you afraid of dying? Ah,、uh, yes, you are. And I guess if I were to explain it, is the process of death. So, 
Wikipedia, right, says mm-hmm. death is the permanent irreversible cessation of all biological functions that sustain a living organism. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I think of death, I obviously think of all of my system shutting down, including my breathing. Will I be cognizant in the moment of it happening? Will my brain release chemicals to protect me? Because I, the only thing that makes me not fear death as much as I used to is knowing that my body knows what to do and when to do it. And it somehow protects itself and they work together to accomplish this ultimate goal, right? And so point being that I'm hoping that my brain will release enough chemicals where I'm not in a state of panic and that I'm aware of the struggle that I'm having Mm -hmm. because I am dying. There was a doctor and I can't remember Dave something And he was talking about him watching his mother die. And he said it was like watching a fish out of water when you, when you see when the fish is flipping. Flopping. Yeah, flipping and flopping. And she was struggling to breathe because she was drowning. And that is what I'm afraid of. Not because I know that where I feel that sleeping is a nightly rehearsal for death. Do you remember us discussing that? Yes, because you said you don't remember what happens when you're sleeping. It's gone to you. No recollection. Exactly. I feel like when you drift off to sleep, and I don't want to make people paranoid, (laughs) you know, but um, (laughs) when you drift off to sleep, you don't necessarily really ever know the moment it happens, right? Would you Right. Right? You don't know the moment you've drifted and you're Mm -hmm. gone. You are in a death-like state. Your body is immobile. Yes. You may be twitching and things like that, but you don't know this, right? In Mm -hmm. your mind, you're not really aware that you're twitching and you're almost at the mercy because if anybody were to walk in and you don't hear them and you're in that deep state of sleep, anything can happen. Of course, you dream and that's one of the beautiful things, right? Of clearing your mind and processing. But most of the night, you're not dreaming. You're just in a state of that death-like state. So that part I'm not afraid of. Again, it's the process, the transition of once my body, all those cells are dead and I go brain dead. And that is the part that I don't want to struggle. Have you heard of people that are like, oh, they died in their sleep. My mother struggled terribly when she died because she had, you know, um, a tracheotomy done and she had had practically brain surgery at 87 years old. And... They were cleaning that thing out and I saw her struggle on her way out because there was really no way to save her. That Mm -hmm. part is what I'm afraid of. But death itself, it doesn't sound like it's such a bad transition when you think about our nightly rehearsal of that we practice it. You know what I mean? I agree completely. And I think that us seeing the physical challenges of when person dies is what is scary. You're exactly right on that. But I think when, um, for example, they call it like the death gurgle because the lungs fill up with yes, fluid, fluids. Yes, mm-hmm. that is scary to us because you're just like exactly what you said. You're drowning before, and you're, you're aware. If your bo- if your brain wasn't even there, then your body is just doing what it's doing, right? Because I do also understand that. I guess when you die, since everything. 
uh, shuts down, you defecate on yourself, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, and things start happening and you're probably not even aware of that, obviously, yeah. right? But if if mentally you were, doesn't that sound frightening? Uh, you know, death doesn't scare me, to be honest. Even the gurgle? Even the gurgle, because I think that our mind, or I guess I should say our soul, is separated from our body at that Mm. time. And it's just the physiological reaction that your body goes through, but you're not feeling it because your soul has either departed or is getting ready to. And everyone that said that they were dying or they've come back from a near-death experience They've all said they had this calmness wash over them. Yes. Yes. You know? Each and every one. Even right. one. So there's a guy that went on Joe Rogan and and he was a very athletic person. I wish I could remember what his name was. Long story short, he had a near-death experience. And he said as he was dying, something mm-hmm. was pulling him under. Ooh. And it was very frightening. And he felt that he knew that he can't let them get him. And he said that he did see his deceased father and he told the doctor, doctor, if you don't try to save me now, you're going to lose me, you know? So he was aware. It's almost like he was in two two worlds, right? In two Uh dimensions, if you will. But he wound up not being able to be drawn down. And of course, that changed his life and his complete perspective of living. Mm -hmm. If there's anything that death does, and I was reading this, is that death should be the reminder to always be present, I was listening to Sam Harris talk about death and he said it so eloquently where if we really were aware and present that we do have a time limit and we don't know what that is, we wouldn't lose ourselves in petty things like being pissed, being pissed Mm -hmm. that someone's driving too, too slow because Mm -hmm. guess what? You're going to die and they're going to die. And if there's something that we all share, it's that. Yeah. And we should try to enjoy life as much as we can, while we can, when we can. You know what I mean? Agree. A hundred percent. Okay. So you're not afraid of the gurgle and you're not afraid of death. No, no. How do you want to be taken care of after you've passed? Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? All my kids know, first of all, I do not want anything religious service saying that, you know, God needed me more than uh, just things like that. I feel that that is such a ridiculous thing to say to try to ease the pain of people that are left behind. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of which, Keanu Reeves said something so beautiful about death. He was asked by Stephen Colbert on, uh, I think he was promoting his um, Jim Quick or no, what's John Wick. John Wick. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Jim, oh, Jim Quirk is this this guy who actually helps you fix your brain and he teaches you techniques. Oh my gosh, I'm getting everyone confused. All right, coming back, um, uh, Stephen Colbert asked Keanu Reeves, what do you think happens when we die? And he said, and he paused and it was just the way he said it. And he said, I know that the ones who love us will miss us. And I thought that was so beautiful because no freaking body really knows what happens when we die. People who have had near-death experiences, if you look, so many of, of them have had experience, uh, experiences relative to their culture, relative to their upbringing. Yeah. Some people see Jesus, well, and then some people who don't believe in Jesus see something else. So what is it really? Because you and I are here, all of us that are listening to this podcast right now, you, myself... We look out and there is a sun that we can all say that we see. 
That is a fact. When it's nighttime, there's a moon that shows up that we can all say what color it is, what shape it is. But why then do, if everything happens for everyone the same way, why do everybody, why does everyone have these different experiences, right? So in essence, is it relative to the individual? So nobody, I feel like they can't say they really know, just like you and I know that there's that sun shining up there right now. If there's anything you do know, like he said, is the ones who miss us, love us. So yeah, I love that. And having said that, I want the people who love me to take my body and ashes to ashes, dust to dust, interestingly, because uh, religion was a big part of my life, so I can't omit it. But having used that little phrase from the Bible, basically, I want them to take my body and put it and plant a tree that would provide fruit. Whether it's to people walking down the street, uh, instead of taking up I'll space. I'll your fruit. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Anna. <laughs> oh my God. You, you, you turned a brown woman red. Oh my God. And that sounds so provocative. And I want you to eat my fruit too. I will. No. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like I've said this so many times. We're, we're in a world that sometimes we, we do things out of tradition that don't make mm-hmm. sense anymore. And I don't see the sense other than having some place to visit. Right. Yes. And it's more for the people who are left behind, obviously, than it is for me. But that's my way to give back to the earth instead of having this place in a cemetery that's so morbid. You know what I'm saying? So that is what I want my kids to do. And then I want a celebration of life ceremony with my favorite music that people were like, oh my gosh, I remember her dancing to that or, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, playback clips or pictures of the people that loved me. I love that. So what about you? When I die, I want to be buried in a mushroom suit. Have you heard of that before? I've heard of mushrooms and I have even eaten them. <laughs> Not the ones you do other things with, but but never a mushroom, Suanna. So, okay. oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. Well, I like mushrooms and I do like magic mushrooms too. <laughs> so just all of the above. but <laughs> All the <laughs> mushrooms, yes. Right. <laughs> so in 2011, I saw TED Talks with this lady. I think her name is Jay Lee. And hmm. she created the mushroom burial suit. And in 2008... She worked with a fashion designer, Daniel Silverstein, and they created this version where it's self-recycling organic cotton, and it's infused with mycelium and microorganisms that help to aid in decomposition, and it works to neutralize the toxins found in your body. So for example... When we die, hopefully we'll be old and lived our our long life, but we're loaded in morphine or fentanyl or whatever is. So we have all these toxins in our body and it goes into the soil or wherever. The mushrooms help to detoxify your body and it also helps to transfer the nutrients back into the surrounding plants. And I know you know who this is, Luke Perry. Oh, yes. Yep. He died in 2019, Mm -hmm. and he was buried in a mushroom suit. Wow. Yes. The cost of it is about $1,500. So you think about how you would pay for your death. 
1500 compared to 20,000. Oh my gosh. You know, that's a significant Okay, and describe again the, the the suit. How how does it go? The suit is black and it goes from head to toe. Mm-hmm. It's basically it looks like a onesie to me. You'll see some threads go through it and those are the little mushrooms that wow. will grow. That is very cool. Very Before I wanted to be cremated because that was the only option I thought of back mm-hmm. then. Right. But cremation uses 28 gallons of fuel and releases 540 pounds of carbon dioxide for one cremation. Wow. Yes. So imagine. So this is more environmentally conscious. Mm -hmm. It's just so many different things. Yes. Yes. And about your tree, they have a suit that you can be in the tree, in the root of the tree. Yes. Have you seen that? I have seen that. So I think it's called pod something where you put you, they put you in, you're almost like in a fetal position, if you will. And then you decompose and you feed that. And, you know, I think that's so symbolic too, you know, philosophically, just giving back. And can you imagine me getting a mushroom or you getting an apple? Actually, I like nectarines. I'd rather be a nectarine tree. But anyway, if I have my choice. How about we graph different fruits on the tree? So you can have nectarine, apples, peaches, pears and stuff. Is that possible? Yeah, they cut a little slit in the bark and then they're able to graph different branches that become different types of fruit. You can do And I have never of- what <laughs> Audience, please make sure she's not punking me. Like I feel like what? One tree can give different fruits in one tree? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you know? I mean, you have to graph it, but yeah. I feel like such a ding dong sometimes people say things like I didn't know this. Where have I been? Isn't it cool? That is freaking amazing. Yes, okay, absolutely. So that's what you're going to be. Okay, I'm going to be a fruit salad. Yes! <laughs> you just have to cut that's it so up, funny. okay? But you got to do the work. But yes, I will be a fruit salad. Nice. Yummy, yummy. Okay. Oh my gosh, Anna, that's amazing. Um, so yes, and then, but yeah, I mean, we, we want to leave as little impact on the environment as possible. In a negative way, correct, yes. for sure. And they're having a shortage of places for people to be buried. Yes. Because, you know, uh-huh. yeah. there was even one story I saw where they looked, they were putting their father in, you know, six feet mm-hmm. in the ground. And they found this decomposed limb and it was his next door neighbor that was there because they're so close to each other. That's crazy. You know? But think of this, guys. And from whomever, you know, when you are in the moment of grief, I can understand one defaulting to traditions, right? But can you imagine that this tree grows and let's it's giving a nectarine and you mm-hmm. have a neighbor who is kind of down or whatever about death or anything. Yeah. And you pull that nectarine and you get some yummy vanilla ice cream Mm. and you cut that nectarine and you bring it to your neighbor and you say you know what this is a nectarine from the tree that has grown i think that's such a beautiful gesture it's a way of almost staying connected and giving back in that cycle of life versus just showing up at a cemetery and i'm not knocking that in any way but i'm just saying i think that it's just a different way of looking at doing the same thing and moving moving forward. And I think that when we show people different options of death or even how to take care of the body yes. afterwards, mm-hmm. it does help to normalize it and maybe 
people would be less afraid mm -hmm. of what happens to them, you know, yeah. because they know that that person can still live on through other ways. Well, there's the stigma still till today about mm -hmm. death. I mean, the minute you hear that, you think, oh, and I feel like we should be a little bit further along in the way we view it and learning how yes. to cope with yes. death of all kinds because we're all going to get there at some point we just don't know when exactly so instead of people thinking death is morbid think of death as a transition yes and then you can celebrate yeah. it absolutely wow this was a good episode ah, that was very <laughs> cleansing and oh it's gosh. important because if you like you said if you feel that there is maybe life after death uh -huh. and you're gonna see your loved ones that still is such a consoling feeling, but it should make you definitely value all the time that you have here as well. Exactly. Yeah. So. All okay. right, guys. If you would like to be a part of our show, we would love to hear from you. Ask us questions and share your story. We'll give you our unfiltered, unforgiving, unqualified <laughs> advice. Record an audio clip on your phone and send it into that's why show at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at That's Why Show. Follow, subscribe, and please write us a review. Yes. Or if you're too lazy, a five-star <laughs> review on Apple. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. You're like, I gotta make it as easy as possible. Right? What's our inspo quote of the day? What did you find? Okay, well, we found this and I thought it was so apropos. Death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss in life is what dies in us while we live. This is from Norman Cousins, who was a, a political something? Yes, he was a political journalist yes. okay. and a world peace advocate. Yes. So in conclusion, right, death is not the greatest loss. It is a loss always. But nonetheless, while you're still alive, honor. And you honor those that have passed before you by living your life the best you can. So Exactly. With that, peace, love. And dark chocolate. And dark chocolate. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. And I found the thing. It says, knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Philosophy is wondering if a Bloody Mary counts as a smoothie. I like that. <laughs> Do you like Bloody Mary? I love Bloody Mary.